What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Three Rings Podcast. My name is Neil Sinha, and I'm joined alongside with Vinayak Saroop and Aiden Mulkrum. So we have a very, very special episode coming at y'all today. Uh, basically, we are going to be debating uh, quite a few different questions. One of them, and that'll be the one that we start out with, will be the famous goat debate that of course everyone seems to talk about after the finals every single year so we'll get into that into in, in just a second first i want to shout out our socials um, make sure to subscribe on spotify of course you're listening to this so either you know just hit that subscribe button either on spotify or apple music um, and then hit us up on instagram at the Three Rings podcast, as well as Twitter. And we now have a new uh, TikTok account called at Three Rings Podcast. So follow those socials, hit us up, let us know, you know, of anything you want us to talk about, any questions, whatever. So yeah, we will get into this then. Um, the famous goat debate question, boys, you guys ready? So who is the greatest of all time player in NBA history? All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go first. Um, I used I used to think, and this is like a, it's a really nuanced topic. It's a nuanced topic for sure. But I think you just you look at Michael Jordan's stats and achievements in such a short period of time. I'm sorry. I think I have to go with Michael Jordan. And I know, I know the bronze sexuals are gonna come after me. It's okay. It's okay. You can come after me. It's fine. But I just think Michael Jordan to win six rings to do three. To have two three-peats, like, that's just incredible. And I don't know if we'll ever see a player come in with that much success in such a short period amount of time. And from, like, obviously, we I didn't – I wasn't around when Michael Jordan was playing, but it seemed like he had such a, a – like, he dominated the league, like, in the sense that, like, he was – I know LeBron has been the – like, LeBron – I don't know where I'm kind of going with this, but I know LeBron – LeBron James, like, has been the face of the league – but there's been times where I guess you could say there's been other players that have dominated when LeBron is there. I mean, LeBron's had to face some amazing teams, but like, I just feel like you just can't beat the GOAT, MJ. I mean, the Jordan logo, the Jordan, but I just feel like the influence he had on the game is just, it's just unreal. And it may be a generational gap why this is such a debate, but um, yeah, I have to go Jordan. I think it's gotta be LeBron. Just the longevity, I think for me, is the reason why he's a goat and everyone see you can take this topic further to take it to the nfl look at tom brady tom brady hasn't won every single super bowl that he's played in but people still consider him the goat why don't they consider joe montana joe montana is what two and oh three and oh in super bowls but they don't consider him the goat so i think lebron i don't think the finals record really matters i mean it does matter he's got four rings with three different teams and I think the whatever you got to look at the what does he have six losses seven losses in the finals lost to Katie and the Warriors twice he lost to Tim Duncan and the Spurs which that is a an all-time great dynasty he lost to Dirk which who won who was like an MVP all like Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer easily. So you got to look at that. 
and I'm not a brown sexual, but you just you do have to admire the greatness that he he's given on the court for almost 20 years now and the longevity that he he's had and I think I think that's the most important part and I think part of the last dance that we didn't get is the real reason why Michael Jordan left the NBA because I I I I swear to god I don't believe for a second that he left to go play minor league baseball and live the minor league lifestyle which if you're a baseball fan like me you know that is not lavish at all and he was a millionaire already and he was making all this money and he would just throw it all away for two years just to you know go ride on a bus and sleep in bummy hotels with you know these double a dudes who just would never, you know, equate to anything. So I just don't believe for a second he left the NBA just to be like, let me fulfill my dad's dreams. But I mean, he left because he got kicked out the NBA. But that's a that's another story because he's a bad, he's a terrible gambler. But LeBron's a go because he's committed to the NBA. LeBron could have played football if he wanted to. He'd be the he'd be the number one receiver on the Browns right now, but he just he didn't. He's not there right now. So, in my opinion, LeBron's a goat just because of the longevity, and he's now the number three scorer all time, I believe. And he's he's just a top player. That's it. All right. So let me preface what I'm going to say by saying that. I think, in my opinion, LeBron's number two. Um, so I'm not, you know, if it comes across this way of me going after LeBron, I'm not saying he's not great. Of course, LeBron James is one of the greatest players of all time in the NBA. There's no doubt about that. But the question is, who's the greatest of all time, the single greatest? And I'm with Vinayak on this one. I think it's got to be Michael Jordan. And here's the reason why. A lot of people talk about how LeBron is – just way better than Michael Jordan in terms of being an all-around player, in terms of the, the shooting, the passing, uh, the and, and the defense, I guess you could say. And I don't necessarily think that it's really that big of a difference between Michael Jordan and LeBron in terms of all-around player, because I'm pretty sure Aiden would agree, too, that Michael Jordan's the greatest scorer when compared to LeBron. So... In terms of all-around play, though, Jordan was fantastic in his own. I mean, he was one of the best defenders in the league in, throughout his whole career. And in, in 1988, he won the Defensive Player of the Year while averaging 35 points a game. Like, do you guys know how crazy that is? Like, he's going at it consistently on every possession on offense getting you buckets over and over. And then on the flip side, he's guarding the other team's best player, getting 3.2 steals a game like he did in 1988 um, and 1.6 blocks a game. I mean, that's unreal. Also, 1.6 blocks for a shooting guard, like that is crazy, dude. So I don't know. I think Michael Jordan doesn't really get much respect for his defense or as much respect as he should. And I think that's something that we can't really say as much with LeBron. I'm not going to say that 
He's not a great defender. He's made a few all defensive teams, but in my opinion, it's, he's not even close to Michael Jordan on defense, specifically defense. And then in terms of scoring and shooting, Michael Jordan's on another level. LeBron has always had issues shooting wise in the NBA. Um, I mean, there's the famous 2011 final series where the Mavericks would just drop out, force LeBron to take threes, and they just kept missing. And that's also another big part of my argument against LeBron being the GOAT, by the way, is that 2011 finals. LeBron had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Dwayne Wade being possibly a top five player in the NBA at that time. He had another top five player in the NBA at that time. And homie lost to the Dallas Mavericks? The Dallas Mavericks with just Dirk Nowitzki? Okay. I mean, come on. Okay. Like, What's up, man? <laughs> you Okay. Here, here's the thing. You want to talk about defense? Who has made the single greatest defensive play in the history of the NBA? I mean, okay. Tayshawn, Tayshawn but- Prince? <laughs> I see, yeah, Tayshawn Prince against Reggie Miller in the playoffs. Nah, no, that's LeBron bad. James, Game Seven of the 2016 Finals, the single greatest defensive stop in the history of the NBA. Hey, and I'm not going to disagree on that, Aiden. But that here's the thing, though: we're not judging him off one play. I know you're not, but here's the thing: this man has taken. He took. Okay, what was that? 2000. When did he make the his 2007, first finals? 2007. Who was on that team? Was Okay, if you rank the team 1 through 10 of best players all time. Bro, Anderson Vera's out. Come on, Aiden. Okay, <laughs> with oh, Williams. Any, take any, any of those Bulls teams and that Cavs team, and you rank them 1 through 10, number one, LeBron, number two, Jordan, number three, Pippen, number four, you can do, you can go Rodman, Horace Grant, Ron Harper, uh, Tony, Tony Kukoc. You can go all two, no, through, I, two through ten are the Bulls. And he took that team to the finals. Like that, like that alone, I, bruh, I mean, you, you don't see that with, with Jordan on the Wizards. I mean, so, grant, granted, that's the end of his career, but still, that that has to count for something. And he did that at a young age. He did that in his early 20s. That has to count for something. No, and it definitely And I does. will give you the 2011 finals, but Dirk, Dirk, was, a diff- Dirk was a different breed. Just Jason got his jersey Kidd, retired, too. Jason, Jason Kidd went off right even Tyson Chandler was he was going crazy a little bit and Sean Marion those guys those guys were really you know desperate for a ring and they managed to cash in their chips to get it yeah I mean listen here's what I'll say I'm not knocking LeBron for 07 at all you know I think a lot of people bring up the finals record with LeBron as their main point against him which I do think it is a good point, but I don't think it's the only point that you can say because you have to look into it more because I completely excuse LeBron for losing in 07. I mean, you're playing the all-time great Spurs dynasty, and LeBron at the time was 22 years old with a bunch of nobodies. I mean, honestly, the four other guys that were in his starting lineup that year, 
probably don't start on any other playoff team that season. I mean, they were garbage. Um, and so I, I completely excuse that. I excuse the 2000, uh, 2017 and 2018 finals losses because the Warriors just were unbeatable. I mean, come on. with When they added Kevin Durant, that's just not fair. But I do not excuse 2011, 2014. 2015 is a little iffy. But my thing is, like, Michael Jordan was undefeated in the finals. That is unreal. 6-0. and Like, that is so hard to do. And I'd also add, by the way, if he had played in 95 and, and 94, like, I mean, I think they would have won the championship those years. But that, that's besides the point anyways. He's 6-0 and in the finals. That is all-time greatness that nobody else can say. They weren't – nobody else is perfect – or, I mean, you know, maybe a few players have played in it once or twice and so on. But LeBron can't say that. He's four and six. Even if you want to excuse the three finals that I just said, he's four and three. That's not six and zero. Oh. But, again, it is amazing that LeBron's been to the finals ten times. There's no doubt about it. That's greatness in itself. And that's why I think he's certified top three all time. I would say number two. But I just think Michael Jordan's on another level. I will I will end, end my argument with this about the longevity. It is it's not easy because if you think about it, the season starts, okay, in a regular year, take out the pandemic. Season starts, you got like preseason and stuff, like, you know, reporting to practice September-ish. And the finals usually stop, end in like June, like mid-June kind of-ish, like, yeah, so he did that from September to June, which means he got two months off for 10 years in a row, for nine years in a row, eight, nine years in a row. He got two months off, which means he got, like, whatever. Yeah, do the math. 16 months in 10 years of, you know, just, like, free time. But like that's that's just so that that's just you just gotta look and appreciate greatness at that point. But I mean, I I'm not gonna argue with the six and zero because that is yeah that is the the main talking point and that is like a very hard thing to do. And I mean, look for all of our listeners and Vanite because he said he never seen Michael Jordan before. YouTube is free. All those games are on YouTube. Hey, hey, man. (laughs) During the middle of absolutely exposed right now. (laughs) During the middle of the pandemic, I watched a few of Jordan's games. You know, obviously, when like the last dance came out, all those games are on YouTube. We can go watch them. I mean, like, he was very dominant, but I don't think you'll ever see another 6'8, 250 player with the level of athleticism LeBron has, you'll never see that player ever again. You'll see a ton of 6'6", you know, 210, 220-pound guys in the league. I mean, I think every team has one. But, like, I, I get that. But I just think the physical specimen LeBron is, you, you, you'll never see that again. And I think that's part of the reason why I think he, he's part of the greatest. He is the greatest. Yeah, and I mean, that's fair. Um, and I'll also say that LeBron's longevity, like you've been saying, is something that 
no other player in the league has come even close to. MJ didn't, that's for sure. Um, my thing with MJ is just the spurts that he gave us, you know, of the three-peats and so on. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Averaging 37 points in a season. Could you imagine that? Like, I, I can't even imagine that. Like, we all went crazy when Harden was at, like, averaging 31 a couple of years ago. Like, 37, that is just insane. And then reaching the, you know, having two three-peats, like, that's wild. So, yeah, no, I mean, I think we kind of exhausted this topic then, I guess. So, we'll, uh, we'll move on to the next, which also relates to rings, such as most NBA conversations do, which is that we have a list of five players under 25, which we all kind of think are, like, the best five players under 25 in the NBA right now, which is Jason Tatum, Trey Young, Luka Doncic, LaMelo, and John Morant in no particular order, by the way. But of those five players, who do you guys think will win a ring first and why? So for this question, you got to, you got to first look at how the players are in terms of how fed up are there with their current organizations and who's going to be the player that requests a trade. But, but like, in all honestly, it's hard and all honestly, it's hard for me to like look at these players and be like, Oh, you know, I definitely think Luca Donja or LaMelo ball is going to win a ring in Charlotte. You know, that sounds great on paper and it probably seems feasible on like 2k, but let's be real. Like I just can't see Charlotte or Memphis winning rings. on that That's 2k, my GM on that 2k, my GM, maybe make them all 99s. But, um, in reality, like this is kind of, it is unfortunate. And I know the Pistons, you know, they've done it. The San Antonio Spurs, they've won rings, but it is kind of run by big markets in the sense where it's like those teams with bigger markets tend to be like, tend to be in these ring discussion, tend to go on to win the championship. Now, last season was kind of an anomaly, but I will say Kevin Durant was injured. Anthony Davis was injured. Kawhi Leonard, yours truly was injured. <laughs> yours truly was injured. Uh, but, um, so this is why I think Jason Tatum, this kind of gets into my uh, argument. I think Jason Tatum, he's been in the league the longest. He was drafted 2017, pick number three by the Celtics. I think he's going to be the first player to kind of either pressure Brad Stevens and be like, hey, you know, you got to get some talent up in here. You know, it's not like they don't have talent. I mean, Jalen Brown's phenomenal, but Jason Tatum, I could see as a player to be like, hey, you know, if you guys don't put more talent around me, I'm leaving. and I'm going to I'm gonna go to the Lakers or something, and I'm going to make another super team. I think Jason Tatum, he's only 23 years old right now, but he just has the most experience, and I think he's going to be the first, you know, kind of bomb to drop where it's just like, I'm out of this team. Or um, he could force uh, Brad Stevens to get a player like Bradley Beal to Boston because Jason Tatum and Bradley Beal have connections. You know, it's just I just think Jason Tatum's that first player to try to form a super team and win a ring. Yeah, where do you, where do you think he wins that championship though? What team? You think uh, the Lakers? You said the Lakers. Hey, the Lakers were kind of an example, but it's just any any super team. I do have to say, I think the Western Conference is just really tough. And I just it's it, like now it's kind of a little bit open and it's been more open than it used to be, but still it's just like, you know, everything about the Western conference is always a tough place. So, I mean, I'm not sure where Jason, Jason Tatum goes. I mean, it could go realistically. Like I'm, I'm just thinking about over the span of his career. So this could be over like three or four years. He could be requesting a trade. So wherever, like where, if the bulls are popping, if the nets are, I mean, whichever team is kind of, 
needing that. If it's the hot, if he teams up with one of these players, let's say Jason Tatum says, screw it. I want to team up with Luca. or I want to team up with Trey. I mean, I just think the, and if we're looking at careers, I just think whichever team feels like they need, need a wing. I think, I think he'll request a trade too, or, or when he's like a, I don't know if I know he's like maybe he's probably signed an extension, but when he's a free agent, you could probably go to a different team as well. I can't say though, I can't predict, I'm not gonna predict the league in five years. It could be it could be the Pistons, who knows? Like it could be anyone. Yeah, I'm gonna go with John Morant here. And I don't think he wins it with Memphis either. I think he wins it with someone else. And I mean, obviously everyone is gonna be like he's Russell the next Russell Westbrook and like all of that and that's nice but John Morant is different than Russell Westbrook he is a different leader you can tell you can tell already like he he leads his team way differently than Westbrook when Westbrook had KD like he started off with KD then he had Harden and then you know Bradley Beal like he kind of had those kind of other dudes with him he had a young KD too which young KD is different than you know Warriors KD Nets KD so I think the way John Morant leads the team he could be a finishing piece for you know I don't want to say all right I'm gonna say it the Dallas Mavericks the team like the Dallas Mavericks with with Luca and Ja and Porzingis could win a championship in, in four or five years from now, just because I think the Dallas Mavericks lack leadership and Jaws leadership is pretty damn good for being in his third year in the league. And the way he, he carries himself and the way, way he, he carries his team. I mean, I think, yeah, I think he could lead a team like that to a championship. Now, if Jaron Jackson gets his shit together and, you know, the rest of the Grizzlies turn into, you know, a lot better players, like if Dylan Brooks becomes, you know, all-star level, maybe we're talking about, you know, Memphis Grizzlies in the Western, Western Conference finals or something like that. But that's not going to happen. He's going to go somewhere where there's another superstar that he can pair with to win a championship, and his leadership will be the reason they win. Hey, really quickly, don't disrespect my boy Desmond Bain like that. Uh, he's, been, he's, been hooping, he's been hooping in Memphis. And I'll say – Hey, good night, bro. What about hey, Zaire what about, Williams, what about uh, Anderson? That man, that man, Kyle Anderson, he, he's slow as molasses. That's <laughs> – that's Kate Cunningham's and is in the worst case scenario. That's you get Kyle Anderson. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. nah. Hey, bro, don't don't do Kate Cunningham like that. I, no, no, he's Kay not gonna like be that. like Kyle Anderson. It's good. He's better than Kyle, but that was the worst case scenario. <laughs> Wait, but I, I got a quick question though. Aiden. So if if Ja wins with Dallas, you are you saying he's the number one option on that team with Luca? Ah. Uh, shit i don't know i think i i still think luca might be the number one option on that team but he's easily number two but they got it they got a bill they're they got a long way to go there there's no way that with this current mavericks roster they would they would win anything 
just because Tim Hardaway is their third best player. And that's no diss on Tim Hardaway. He's a, he's a really good NBA player. And he's made a lot of money, and he'll still make some money. But if he's your third best player on your team, that's, that's not good. That's not a good sign. Yeah, I mean, I think all of us would agree that probably each one of these five guys aren't winning a championship within the next two, three years, maybe. Like, I just think they're all in, I don't want to say tough situations, because it's not necessarily tough situations. They're on solid teams. But, like, Jason Tatum and the Celtics have been very disappointing this season, sitting there in that playing tournament right now. Same thing with – actually, I think the Hawks aren't even in the playing tournament right now. And then Luka's, they're at, like, the sixth seed and so on, Same with similar to LaMelo. And then John Morant's the only one, actually, that has his team well within the playoffs as of right now. It's obviously very early, but the Grizzlies are, like, the fourth seed right now. So it's it's tough to say, man, but I'm going to have to go with Jason Tatum. I don't mean to follow Vinayak for these last two takes, but – I got to go with Tatum, and and here's why. I think that Jason Tatum, ever since he first came in the league, showed that, you know, this dude's different, right? I mean, averaging 14 points a game his rookie season and getting that dunk on LeBron in the playoffs. Of course, that didn't end up well for him and the Celtics, but that doesn't matter. He dunked on him and stared at him in the face and gave him a little bump too. So, I mean, this dude's just different. He has a certain fire about him. And I think he has kind of that Kobe mentality and he's shown consistency now over the last three seasons, averaging above 23 points a game. Like he's taken his game to that next level that we all kind of thought he would after his rookie season. And he's at a perennial all-star level. The question now is, can he be the number one option on a championship team? And I think he can. I think he has that mold of the next best wing in the NBA you know, and following in the footsteps of LeBron. I'm not saying their games are similar, but of being the next best wing, you know, following in LeBron and Kevin Durant's footsteps, I think it's Tatum. And so I could see, I think he has the talent level to get that championship first. And the other thing I'll say with him, with Tatum, is that I do agree with Vinayak. I think he might force his way out of Boston if things continue because the Celtics are not going to have any cap space until the summer of 2024, which is pretty tough. So I I could see him forcing his way out of there. If he doesn't though, I still think he wins a championship first. And with that being with Boston, because that summer of 2024, the Celtics will be off the Jalen Brown deal, assuming that he's still there. I have a feeling he's going to get traded before that, but if he was still there, they'd be off the Jalen Brown deal and they would have, at least two max slots available. And so I think they could possibly go in free agency and grab a star. Cause let's also face it. Boston is a huge attraction free agency. We can't say that about these other cities as much and definitely not with Memphis. And I, I think that's probably why, you know, Aiden, you're saying that Jaw's not going to win it with Memphis because they actually do have a, a lot of cap space, but they just, you already know they're probably not going to be able to draw those big time free agents in. So yeah, for right. me, I think it's, I think it's Tatum. Yeah. I think, I think with Memphis, it's not the fact that, I mean, you talked, you talked about it earlier, Neil, about 
big markets and, you know, big market teams win more, even though, you know, obviously with the exception of teams like Cleveland, San Antonio, Detroit, like they're just not a big market team the way, you know, the, the Celtics are. Um, so yeah, that's, that's partially why, what I was uh, getting at. All right. Do we want to move on? I was just going to, let me ask one question. Real oh, yeah, quick. Yeah. This is a For sure. one on top of this. Of these five players, you know, would you still say, you know, for Vinay, would you still say that Tatum is the best of the five or will have the best career of the five? And Aiden, would you still say that John Moran will have the best career of the five? Um, I don't think Jason Tatum's the best player out of these five. I think injuries, if if injuries don't get to John Morant, I think John Morant will be the best player in this in this group of five. And also don't we didn't uh, put him down, but Donovan Mitchell, if he's um I think he's under 25. I think he's also nah, Donovan's Donovan's. I think he he's 25 exactly. Oh, I he was just turned 25. 25. Yeah, okay. oh trust me, I would have had Spider. Yeah, I would have put Donovan Mitchell over uh most of these players, but uh, I think I think John Morant is probably going to be the best player. I just think Jason Tatum seen the league enough to the point where he probably knows that he's not going to win a championship. See, the thing is when these players are young, you know, it's all, it's all hype. You know, it's everyone's just like, Oh, LaMelo ball in Charlotte, you know, it's just like, it's so cool to see, but like, realistically, we know Charlotte's not going to get it. Sorry, sorry, Hornets fans. I'm sorry if you guys are listening, but realistically Hornets, I don't see him winning a ring. So it's just like, eventually you're going to get to a point where it's just like, all right, this is a business. You know, I have to, put myself in a position to win a ring that's going to be the I think Jason Tatum's that player and he's he's played enough to the point where he can realize that he needs to get out of Boston yeah I mean that that's a very uh subjective question I guess you could say just in terms of are you measure are you measuring it by accolades or by you know statistics or just like you know, there, there's a lot of different ways you can you can uh, justify your answer. I think uh, Jason Tatum, I think Jason Tatum is good enough to win an MVP someday. He is probably, he's arguably a top three scorer, top five scorer in the league right now. Um, so, I mean, that alone just puts him in like, MVP race all is just being like all NBA and stuff. I don't know if John Morant will ever win an MVP, but I do think he will have the next step and be a lot closer to winning a championship um, than Jason Tatum. So I, I don't know if that answered your question, but I, I do think that, yeah, in terms of accolades, I do think that in championships, I do think John Morant would probably be uh, ahead of the rest. No, yeah, I mean, that's a fair answer because, like you said, it's subjective in the way that we measure how good players are. And so, yeah, I I kind of agree with that. I think maybe Ja gets more championships, but I think I would still say Tatum's the best player of the five, but it's it's tight, man. Like, it's... I think it's gonna yeah, be interesting to watch. That. I think that's 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 probably my take right there. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, another thing I will say, by the way, of the actual like topic question, another reason why I picked Tatum, and Vinay just touched on it, that reminded me is that I'm not sure John Morant's gonna stay healthy long enough, like at at his top level, you know, to really compete 
and just stay healthy. I'm not sure he can because, bro, I get so scared when that dude goes up for these crazy dunks and just lands on one leg like sideways. And then somehow he pops up right from it. But yeah, I think one day that might come back to hurt him. We'll see. Obviously, hopefully it doesn't though. So anyways, the next question uh, that we have lined up is who will win the most improved player of this season? And so just to throw some names out that a lot of people have been talking about, um, Darius Garland is on there. John Morant is on there. Deontay Murray is as well. I think uh, DeJounte Murray or DeJounte Murray. My bad. I always say Deontay, <laughs> but um, bro, I was just thinking of another name. I can't remember now, but Miles anyways, Bridges. you guys get Miles Bridges. Also, yeah, Desmond Bain. That was the name I was thinking of. He is a low-key dark horse, but anyways, we'll get into it right now. So who do you guys think? Who is your pick for the MIP? Who's about to get MIPed? No, um, <laughs> no, um, so this this award uh last year I thought should have gone to Jeremy Grant, but um winning is a big deal for this award. The reason why I think Julius Randle was able to win it was because the Knicks were pretty decent. I mean, they made the playoffs. So for that reason, I'm probably gonna go with Darius Garland. Now, let me just first get this out of the way. If it was up to me, I think DeJounte Murray. Just if you just look at what he's doing in San Antonio, the problem is the Spurs are kind of, they're not that, they did beat the Celtics recently, but they're still just not that good this season. They're kind of struggling, but the man's is averaging close to a triple double. I mean, 18, eight and nine. I mean, that's ridiculous for a player like DeJounte. I mean, who expected DeJounte Murray to start averaging nearly triple doubles? Like, I don't think anyone saw it coming. I think that magnitude itself is kind of most improved player worthy. But if, if I had to pick, take the award I think I would go Darius Garland now Darius Garland if you guys don't know has just been killing it in Cleveland ever since the his second season with the Cavaliers I think this season though he's kind of become a little bit more made more players are knowing him um or shouting him out more so I'll give you two examples Draymond Green said like he was asked like the hardest player that to like guard against and he said Darius Garland he said he's just so shifty and he's so quick and then Kyle Kuzma <laughs> was asked to give his opinion on Darius Garland and just said straight got that him. got that Kyle Kuzma he's got that Kyle Kuzma you got that validation right there but the fact that the Cavaliers are in a position which I think all of us and most of the NBA most of us in the NBA did not expect them to be I mean they're like three or four games they were like I think they were like six or seven games above 500 they've been struggling now because uh players are in protocol Darius Garland himself was in protocols and the Cavs started losing you know there you go but um I mean, what he's doing is phenomenal. He's carrying a team. Colin Sexton is, is gone, but he's kind of solidified himself as a number one option, number one, number two option on this team on a winning basketball team. And he's averaging right now 27 and three on 38% from three. But I think, honestly, he's going to, those stats are going to go up. I mean, his most recent game had 27. And yeah, no, I'm excited for the future of Darius Garland. He can do everything that you ask in a point guard. He's fast. He can go to the lane. He's really good his uh handle is really is really impressive and he can shoot the ball and yeah i just can't wait to see Darius. if he doesn't win this award i think soon he's going to be in the all-star game to be honest i'm pretty high on darius garland but uh yeah that's what i'm picking for the most improved player as an msu student and fan it pains me to say this but jordan pool is gonna win the mip jordan pool is a damn good player and last year watching him and the way he put he played so bad last year 
and he was in and out of the G League. And I was like, why Why was he even the 26th pick? I know past the lottery, it doesn't really matter, like, who gets picked. Like, most of those dudes don't really make a second contract. But I was like, damn, this dude sucks. But this year, Jordan Poole has been unreal. And when the Warriors get Clay Thompson back and they have Steph and Clay and then Jordan Poole coming off the bench, they're going to be scary. They're going to be nasty. And Jordan Poole has put up, I think he had a 30, he had like a 30 some odd point game, like double double a couple uh, days ago. Against the Heat, yeah. Yeah, against the Heat. Dude, he 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 is filthy, and he, he I, he's learned a lot. You can tell he's learned a lot from Steph. And here, I'm pulling this up right now. This man, Jordan Poole, it, last year was in and out of the G League, now averaging 17 a game, three three rebounds, three assists. That's not that good. But he he been he been scoring like crazy, and just the help from Draymond and the help from Steph and even even honestly Andrew Wiggins might be a dark horse to win MIP because he's been he's been a lot better this year too so I mean just you talked about the Mike you talked about how winning does matter in some of these awards and how you thought I think I think collectively we thought Jeremy Grant was deserving of winning MIP last year and didn't because Julius Randle and the Knicks got a four seed. Um, and I think I think that will also play a role into why Jordan Poole will win this award this year. You just disrespected the whole city of Flint and um, RTB MB and his uh, whole rapping career by not Bro, selecting. No, shout out, shout out, Bridges. shout out MB. I, I love Miles Bridges. I mean, that man is filthy. Um, Char- on and off, on and off the court. Up. He's kind of filthy on, on and off, off the court. court. Not Terry Rozier, though. <laughs> dude, he dropped the bars with the NBA on ESPN theme music. I, I, I don't know. I don't see Dame doing that. That's all I'm going to say. Bro, that's got to win him MIP just from that. Like, dang. But, no, I'm a, I'm going to go with John Morant. And so I, you guys talk about winning and how that matters. John Morant has the Grizzlies in fourth place in the Western Conference, like in the Western Conference. That is unbelievable, especially also when you consider that Ja was out for like two, three weeks, too. He got injured um, and then he, you know, comes back and they're still right there in the four seed. Like that is really impressive. And I know a lot of people are going to listen to this take and probably think, well, John Morant was already amazing. You know, you're already seeing all the highlights. We have been seeing the highlights since his rookie season. How would, you know, a guy of that level win the MIP, right? But John Morant's taking his game to another level. Make, make no mistake about it. Dude's gone from averaging 19 points a game to 25. He's gone from shooting 30% from three to 40%. Like that, that is crazy, dude. 10% increase on his three-point shots. Like, that is amazing because that was the biggest critique that everyone had against him. And that was the biggest issue that Ja actually had against the Warriors in that playing game. And then in the playoffs too last season, because the defenses would just step back a little bit and force Ja to shoot the threes and he couldn't make them. And so even though in that playing game and the playoffs, Ja was averaging like, 
I don't, I don't even remember, but like 28 or something, like it was something really high. He would have been averaging like straight up 36, 37 if he could shoot threes. Well, guess what? Now he can. And so, I mean, he just has everything that you would want a point guard to have. He's a fantastic uh, slasher with the ball. He gets by absolutely everybody and anybody. And I mean, now he can shoot too. And he's a solid defender. Like, I don't know, man. And then also you got to add the fear factor and intimidation factor, because if I'm a defender guarding John Morant and I see that dude coming at me in the lane, I'm running all the way to a different city because you don't want to get on that highlight reel. Like those dunks are just unreal. So yeah, I'm going to have to go with Ja. And the reason I'll say also that I think that I'll take him over the two that you guys picked is that Darius Garland's gotten better, but I don't think it's as big of a increase in terms of production that Jaws done. And I would say Jordan Poole has certainly gotten better, but I mean, he's still going to be a bench player. Jaw, like, it's just crazy to me that he was already an all-star last year and he's taken it to another level. You know I mean? Now he is truly a superstar. I actually, I had a friend ask me a question yesterday when I was watching the Warriors uh, Mavericks game. And the question was like, is John Morant in the top three in terms of point guards in the NBA? Honestly, I'd say yes right now. I know it might sound crazy, but I generally only think that Stephen Curry and Damian Lillard, and I know he's been hurt too, so you could even say that because he's hurt, he's not really qualified right now. But I'd only say that Curry and Lillard are better point guards in the NBA right now than John Morant. I'd take him as number three in the league. I would not have said that last year. I'm just saying, I just think it's because he's gotten so much better. And so I think this award has to be his. I will say. That's fair. You, that's fair. You, you said, uh, is anyone, everyone scared of John Morant coming down the lane? Do you think Luca Garza is scared of John ja, ja Morant coming down the lane? Or Justin <laughs> we'll, Robinson? we'll find out tonight. We'll We're going to find out tonight. Out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Luca Garza, he probably, you know what? He wouldn't even get to John Morant with how slow he is just oh laterally, you know? Morant would just drive by on the side and Luca would be just stepping over, not getting there. Yeah. <laughs> a Pistons legend, Luca Garza. <laughs> I mean, I I want to just go off what you're saying, you know, about about John Morant, because you you look at these guys who you think are all-star caliber already making these jumps. Giannis is having as good, if not better season than last year. Jokic is having as good, if not better season than last year. Like these, these guys who are already like all-star caliber, MVP caliber are making these jumps even further, which is kind of, it's, it's kind of scary to be honest, especially for, for Pistons fans who, you know, we're just trying to get out of this rut Although we we just got a two game win streak broke, but uh, tough tough loss. But yeah, um, but yeah, these guys who are just keep getting better and better, who you know are are young, and you know still got time, and while you know LeBron's on the back end of his career, KD is in you know the middle of his prime probably closer to the end and then yeah and then you know obviously you got Giannis and the rest so yeah I just, I just want to say that quickly too 
Um, but and do you do you want to go to the last topic? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can I read it off if you want, but I, right. let me just add actually yep. real quick. By the way, that yep. I, I fully agree with you. Like we've seen some of these great players adding other things to their game. My thing with Ja that I'm just so shook about is like he's the number one option, obviously, on his team. But, like, we haven't seen the Grizzlies with Ja really take this next step yet. We've all been kind of waiting for it, but we're seeing it now where the Grizzlies are actually – I'm not sure if I would classify them as a contender, but I think most people would right now, that they've taken that next step from being just trying to, you know, make the playoffs to actually really trying to compete for championships. That's the level that they're at. And, by the way, we'll see that in the trade deadline because I think – Memphis will probably be making a trade or two, considering that they have three first-round picks in the 2022 draft. So that'll be very interesting to see. Anyways, on to the next question. So which team that picked in the top six in the 2021 draft will win a championship first? And so this is kind of similar to the other question we had of the under-25 players. But this is for the top six of the 2020-21 draft. Which team will win an NBA championship first? And I'll list off the teams just real quick for a little refresher. You have the Pistons, the Rockets, the Cavs, the Raptors, uh, the Magic. No one's picking on Magic. Anyways, but – and then the – who's number six? OKC. The Thunder. OKC Thunder, yeah. So between them, who's winning a championship first? All right. I'm going to go with this – this is a tough one, but I think I'm going to go with – I gave, I gave two teams, so I think it's going to be either the Cleveland Cavaliers or the Houston Rockets. So for Cleveland, this all comes down to what you believe of Evan Mobley and the impact on the game that he's going to have. And I'm going to, I may get a lot of, a lot of uh, heat for this, but Evan Mobley, their games aren't similar by any means. Like Tim Duncan is, I just said the name, Tim Duncan is Mr. Fundamental. He gets in the paint, does his thing. But if you just, if you just look at Evan Mobley, like, the way he plays defense and everything. He just has a similar S to Tim Duncan. Like, even if you hear them talk, like, you would – Evan Mobley, if you if you guys want, you guys can go watch the interview and listen to Evan Mobley. He doesn't sound like how you think a seven-foot dude would sound like. So he sounds kind of like Tim Duncan in the sense where it's like – What do you think a seven-foot dude would sound like? I expect him to be, you know, a lot more, you know, manly. It's just a kind of a soft-spoken boy similar to Tim Duncan. It's like – it's very interesting anyway, but – <laughs> well, my, my, my mark is like that's it a said he's of, talking like <laughs> he has a high-pitched voice or what yeah high-pitched voice yeah yeah he, he sounds just he just sounds you don't expect it the way he but anyway that's besides the point they just have a he just has a way that i just think he's just gonna dominate the league the way tim duncan did like the way he's playing and that's also gets into the rookie of the year i think evan mobley has kind of kind of just walked, ran away with it like the way he plays defense is he's probably the best defender of all time as a rookie the best rookie defender of all time already. He's doing amazing things with the Cavs and the offensive game is already, it's already expanding. And he's kind of, I think he's such a unique player in that he's kind of reinventing what I think, what we think a center is. Usually a center like Joel Embiid, you know, Joel Embiid can't guard outside. He can't, he's not that much of a perimeter defender. Evan Mobley is a perimeter defender. I watched, I just watched his, like, I was just watching Evan Mobley. This man's had Dame on him. He had Dame Lillard on him. Dame was doing hit him with the behind the back crossover, doing all that stuff blocked by Mobley. Like Mobley was on the perimeter and he was able to stop. Like, I just, I just think that 
that type of play is going to be conducive to a championship at some point. And yeah, I think if he stays with Cleveland, the Cavaliers, and I did mention the Houston Rockets. The only reason I don't believe they have like their players right now, but Houston is a big market. And let's say Jalen Green does become a superstar level player. And I think, uh, and I think he is, I think he's going to reach a pretty star level status. I think they could attract some free agents because it's Houston. Houston's like a pretty big market city. I think that team is also poised to win a championship. And obviously the Pistons, but we'll get into that in the, later. This is a Jalen Green slander podcast. Um, so I'm not going with Houston. I'm going to go with Toronto just because typically bad organizations stay as bad organizations forever and good organizations that keep good ownership and a good front office will typically be better. Um, so that's kind of the reason why I'm not picking Cavs and also Houston. Um, I get Houston has really bought into like the nuance and like uh, things and like analytics and all that. But I, I just believe with Nick Nurse and just the, the Toronto front office has shown me already that they can win a championship with uh without like a top three player in the NBA I know Kawhi was really good that season and probably in was definitely like a top five player that year but without a generational talent like LeBron Cleveland would not have a championship um so I I, I that's kind of where I'm coming from and I think Scotty Barnes is a is a start and I'm not a big believer in Van Vliet and the rest of that, you know, squad. Um, but I think Scotty Barnes is a really solid start. And I think they build around him and Siakam staying healthy is really key. Um, so that that's part of my reasoning. And I also think the Pistons, just because I'm a slappy, let, let, let's just get it out of the way. Dude, Troy Weaver, he's going to get it done. I believe in him. We all believe in him. You know, I get it's a bad place right now, but uh, Kay Cunningham, future all-star, future future MVP, going to win a championship here. He's going to bring it home. Uh, not, not, not in the next, like, four or five years, but probably, like, seven to nine years, he's going to win a championship for us. Um, with whoever else I don't know but yeah I mean just Troy Weaver has been around good ownership in OKC and a good front office um and I think with with his touch on it and his say and completely just scratching everything um and starting from just square one which is kind of where they are right now um, it, it's really important uh, to to just like build on that. And I know Cade McNamara has a really good speech about just like building on that and like forgetting about the past <laughs> and like what if we went out? Of course, um, what if we went out? So for all the Michigan fans, um, what if you went out? So yeah, there's that. And just believing in Troy Weaver is the best you can do. 
and he's the only person you can trust in the NBA right now. All right, so this is a Pistons podcast, and I mean, you know, Aiden just gave you the reasons why the Pistons will possibly be the first of those six to win a championship. So I'm going to have to go, because it's a Pistons podcast, with the OKC Thunder. Um, Listen, I think that Oklahoma City has quite a bit going for them. And I know a lot of people have been talking about them every draft year or every every time the draft rolls around because they have 20 picks in one draft, you know? Like, we're always talking about the Thunder in June of every season just because of the amount of draft picks that they have. And that's just going to continue and get even better for them because you look at OKC's draft capital right now, they have three first-round picks in 2022. Five first-round picks in 2023, four first-round picks in 2024, three in 2025, three in 2026. Like, bro, they have to hit on something with that. You know what I mean? When you have that many first-round picks, trying to add it up in my head right now, but that's I think that's like, what, 13, 14 first-round picks over the next three, four years. I'm sorry, but they're going to get, in my opinion, I think at the very least, they're going to get one star out of that. And probably, I would say, at least two or three starters out of those first-round picks. So you look at, in all likelihood, they're getting some studs for this team and for the future. And then when you look at what the Thunder already have in place, they're looking pretty solid with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I know that's the Nikes dude, SGA. But – he looks very good. I'm not, I'm not going to say, because I'm not really sold on him yet, that he's going to be the number one option on a championship team. In my opinion, I think he's a number two. But they already have a second star for the future of a championship team there. And then you throw in Josh Giddy, who has looked pretty darn good his rookie season. I didn't even think he would be this good. He's looked pretty good. He's in the rookie of the year conversation. Like, OKC is working with something there in terms of the guys that they already have. And then, of course, hey, they have Poku, by the way. Can't forget about Poku. No, just kidding. That dude's going to be cut probably in two, three years. At, hey, at man, watch it, buddy. I mean, Poku. <laughs> hey, Poku, <laughs> that man is – he does not have a long-term career future. But, no, nah, I mean – You got listen, Lou Dort, too. Lou Dort, yep. <laughs> they have good pieces right now. And then I just think with the sheer amount of draft picks that they have, man, they're going to hit on – they're bound to hit on at least one star, some starters in there, and I think that leads to a championship team. And here's why I'll say I don't think it's Cleveland or Toronto. Cleveland, my issue with them is they have a solid team right now. But in terms of the future – I mean, well, first of all, they have a solid team right now, but none of us are going to say that the Cavaliers are going to win the championship this year or next year, right? So with the current core that they have, they're not winning a championship within the next two years. And, and then in terms of the future pieces that they have, or the pieces that they have for the future, I mean, you know, Evan Mobley is a great player. He will be a all-star center, a superstar center. Make no mistake about it. But from there, you have Darius Garland, good player, and Jared Allen, also a pretty good player. I don't think those guys win you a championship with just those three. And I don't think Cleveland's going to go out and attract a big-time free agent. So – when I look at that, I think they're in a little bit of trouble. And then they're not going to have a very good draft pick this year. We'll see what happens next year. But I have a feeling that they're – Cleveland, in my opinion, I think they're going to be around like the five or six seed every year for the next 
five, six years, maybe, you know, kind of doing what the Pacers have done for the last like half decade. I think that's what Cleveland's going to be. And then with Toronto real quick, my only issue with the Raptors is like with Cleveland, I don't see them winning the championship with this team that they have, or, you know, the team that they'll have for the next year or two. I don't see that happening because I, I just, they can't compete with the stars that are out there. And on top of that, Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam are 27 years old. And so if you say they're not winning a championship within the, in the next three years, that's kind of it as far as their future. Cause they have Scotty Barnes and maybe OG Ananobi, but not really many other big time pieces. So I don't think it's the Raptors for that reason. That's fair. I will, I will want to say for for the Cavs argument, when was the last time a team won a championship when their best player was a center? That's another great point. It's, it's a guards league now. It, it really is. And, like, unless you have KD or LeBron, yeah, it, it's a guards league. I mean, it's kind of how you project. It's just how you project Mobley and – you could argue, I know like Giannis isn't, he's not a center by any means, but he's seven foot tall. He's like, he can't shoot the ball either. He, I know he's got his routine. But he's not a center. He's not, he's a, not but a I mean, they put him at the, but my point is like, it's kind of how you project. Like I just project Mobley to be more than just Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic. I think he can be a little bit, he can be kind of, he can be a unicorn as they like to call them nowadays. Not Kristaps, right. not Kristaps, but. Uh, I, I'm, hold, I'm holding you to that. I'm holding you to that. No, but um, I did also want to give a reason about the Pistons. Um, there's this channel on YouTube. It's called Mike Krizemba. And basically be- before. Shout out Mike Krizemba. Shout out Mike Krizemba. Before the 2020 season, this was like in 2020. He made a video where he simmed the NBA till 2050. And this was, be- this was in 2020, mind you. So this is, they just got Troy Weaver. Troy Weaver. In that series, in the 2020s, that decade, the Pistons had a three-peat. They three-peated in this simulation. And you want to know which player was leading that three-peat? You guessed it. Mike, Mikey Williams. No, it was Cade <laughs> Cunningham. Cade Cunningham was in that simulation. He, he, the Pistons drafted him in the simulation, and then they went on a three-peat. And at the moment the Pistons won the draft lottery, I was just like, oh, the gods are telling me something. They're telling me something, all right. So we got Cade on our team. I think Cade Cunningham's the dude who's going to get it done. I don't know about the rest of the team. I think Sadiq Bey has potential. I mean, he's showing flash. He's getting better. And I think he may be on the team. But um, Cade's just the type of player that he's just going to get it done. I just, like you said, I have faith in Troy Weaver that Troy Weaver will recognize that, okay, maybe maybe Luca Garza isn't the player that we want. Or maybe Killian Hayes isn't isn't worth it the experiment isn't working anymore i have faith that he's going to make the moves necessary and build this team around k to win detroit a championship we will get one we'll get one while he's here no i mean listen management matters like aiden said earlier it really does matter to have a good general manager and i mean obviously that's part of the reason why aiden took toronto because masai ujiri is a big time general manager i mean he's one of the best and that's part of the reason why i took okc with sam presti and so I think Troy Weaver, he's the biggest reason why I have hope for Detroit, because I think with how aggressive and everything that he's done, it, it gives me hope that, you know what, he is going to stop at nothing to build a championship team. And I think he's already been doing it so far. I mean, everything that he's done within the last two years, in my opinion, they've all been pretty darn good moves. And then getting Cade Cunningham, 
he's the star of the future for the Pistons. Whether or not he turns out to be that MVP of that 2K simulation that you're talking about, Vinayak, I don't know, but we'll see. He could be. I mean, <laughs> he was the number one pick after all. You never know. So, yeah, I'm, listen, I like Detroit's future. Like, I know it looks bad right now, everybody, but I like the Pistons' future. They have a star of the future. They already have that dude. They need to get – they'll hopefully get another one in the 2022 draft. I'm hoping for Paolo Banchero or Jabari Smith. They get one of those two guys, pair them with Cade, man, they are set. And then if they trade Jeremy Grant for a solid player or some draft picks, you have some more, you know, assets and things to work with. So I like it, and I like Troy Weaver a ton in terms of general manager. So I think, listen, we have to be optimistic. I like the Pistons' future. I like it. So, yeah, do you guys have anything else you want to add with this past question? This is the last question, by the way. I don't know if I said that or not. I think I, I think we kind of said what needs to be said. Um, rest in peace to the magic. No, we did not select you. I don't. I'm sorry, Franz Wagner. I know you're doing your thing down there, but I just don't see the magic. <laughs> I don't see the magic yeah, making nah. it. Um, they'll be in the lottery with us, though. So, I mean, or the top three with us. So, I mean, <laughs> kudos on that, I guess. Yeah, the, the magic are not winning a championship anytime soon um but i don't know all, all i gotta say is final final comments like and subscribe of course facts facts yes check us out like we said at the beginning of the episode check us out on tiktok on twitter on instagram everything oh we have a youtube channel now too so check us out on youtube we forgot to say that at the three rings podcast and before we end i just want to give a public statement about a take I made on the last episode. I said that Michigan would beat Georgia, uh, or actually it wasn't me. It was someone else that said that they kind of looked like me. I don't know where that take came from. It, it seemed like a pretty biased take, but yeah, that, that was a horrible take and let's just all do our best to forget about it and leave that in the past. Um, but yeah, so that will do it though for this episode of the three rings podcast. I want to say thank you so much to everyone for listening and for all the support that everyone's been giving. So thank you so much. And again, like, and subscribe and hit us up. Let us know what you want to hear on Instagram and so on. See ya. Peace.